She keeps them always shined on In a pretty cabinet Let them eat cake, she says Just like Marie Antoinette A building remedy for Chris Job and Kennedy Okay, Fivers, here's the deal. Uh, your loyal hosts, Jay, myself, and Q, who I'm here with as always, uh, we were, were granted uh, screener tickets. Uh, who are they from? From Universal. Oh, yeah, from Universal. Uh, to go see an early screener of Atomic Blonde. Right. Uh, which, Earlier this evening. Yes, which we were obliged to give a review for. Correct. Uh, as we would, as we want to continue receiving passes from them yeah. in the future, so we need to provide yeah. them with a review. So, funny thing is, <laughs> <laughs> ironically, and uh, due to unforeseen circumstances, both Q and myself missed the screener. Yes, but since the tickets were paid for, we are still obliged to give a review. So, in that case. That brings us to this show, which is going to be our first ever high five. Oops, we missed the screener review of Atomic, Atomic Blonde. Blonde. So, high five, high five, high five. Moody and stuff. stuff. I love your stuff. Weird stuff. Sensitive stuff. Taxing stuff. Evil stuff. Piddling little stuff. Heavy stuff. Big boy stuff. Super cool stuff you wouldn't understand. All right, so We're so back. people can understand <laughs> what is going on. Let's let's explain how tonight's circumstances came to be. Okay, well, being a movie-related podcast, we yes. have connections uh, in the industry, far and wide, and because of our loyal listeners and the fan base that we've accrued online, we are regularly invited uh, to screenings, to screenings, to, to film screenings, to events. We're sent merch. And so tonight was no different. They gave us early screeners for Atomic Blonde. The yes. Charlize Theron, John Goodman vehicle. And Excellent. we we had every intention of going. Yes. Uh, we were actually both headed there. I was on my way there. I had to go pick up my daughter from daycare, yes. drop her at home, and then make it across town to the theater. Correct. Um, but I got stuck in a massive traffic jam Caused by a big wreck. Correct. And uh, so I was going to miss the opening altogether. And I got there very early, but forgot to print my pass prior to arriving at the theater. And upon getting up to the ticket taker, I presented them with an email of which they wouldn't. Like your phone pass, basically. Right. They wouldn't accept. They said it needed to be printed out. And then they proceeded to show me on the email where it said, please print and bring with you to the theater. The, the most ironic thing about all of this is that I wasn't there, but I had my tickets printed out. Right. And you were there and you did not have tickets printed out. So you just got to see all of these happy reviewers 
marching into the theater yeah. to watch this movie that you and I were supposed to see together. Yes. Yet we both missed. Correct. So by the time I got to the theater, you were already sitting outside crying. Sure. Um, and I was, you know, wiping tears off my face from having missed it. Right. But weirdly, although you have a unique way of doing that, you were wiping tears off of your face with my face. <laughs> well, I like it. Your beard is very comforting to me. Yes. Um, and then we, you know, obviously received an email from Universal Pictures, like, looking forward to your review yeah, we on were like, the 28th. Cool. <laughs> so... We're going to give you one. Here we are. Uh, We are here to review Atomic Blonde. Uh, That movie is actually releasing on the day that this podcast goes live. Yes. um, As was uh, very meticulously planned out with Universal Studios. So, spoiler alert for fake spoilers. uh, We didn't see this movie, but we're about to tell you how it ends. So, everything about this review is sort of a Schrodinger's Atomic Blonde, is it could be in the movie. Yep. We could very much be right about all of this. Correct. Or we could be completely wrong. So keep in mind as you're listening to this, we have not seen this movie. Either way, legally speaking, and that's my job for our podcast, (laughs) legally speaking, we are providing a review. Yes, it is an oops, we missed the screener review right and that has to be in the title yes and then we'll provide a star rating at the end so we're totally fine and justified in providing a review kind of for the movie atomic bond but please keep in mind we have not seen this movie um but we'll be telling you everything about it we have watched the trailer we actually just finished watching the trailer yes again yes Uh, both of us are actually quite familiar with david leach yes uh the director of this film Uh, i am a big fan because he's directing deadpool 2 which is what's that is exciting to me deadpool uh, 1 Ooh, maybe that's another screener we can't go see (laughs) that would be awesome we should ask him yeah um but he you know was he's the stunt coordinator for a long time transitioned into the director's chair with um john wick wasn't it yeah which was yeah he co-directed john wick but what's what's sad is like i mean we lost such you know great i mean opportunity to see more movies like his previous slate of movies that he was in like corky romano right uh actually i have if you want i have a list pulled up yeah please of do. the movies that he was a stunt coordinator for mm. um or shows uh he was a stunt coordinator for seventh heaven Ooh. um stunt coordinator well, as we know though very stunt heavy <laughs> oh yes and they it all it all practical effects for seventh heaven um even uh oh man what's that actress's name who was in that show that became like super famous? I'm gonna be honest, I never watched that show. There was somebody, Jessica Beale. Jessica Beale was in I that was show. I was more about family drama, not really all the action. So not I about Jesus, clear seven, Jesus drama, Seventh Heaven. <laughs> well, I was gonna make a joke about uh, Jessica Beale's boobs being practically effect effective, but I'm not just not gonna do that. <laughs> I don't even know that you got that out right. What was that? I was going to make a joke about... Did you just stroke out? I think so. <laughs> about Jessica Biel's boobs being affected. Just, effective. Uh, I just wanted to say Jessica Biel's boobs on the podcast. That's all I wanted to do. Annie's um, boobs. Uh, yeah, Annie's boobs as well. He was a stunt coordinator for Annie's boobs. <laughs> um, he was the stunt coordinator for Basketball and Orgasmo. Yes. Um, he was the stunt coordinator for um, HBO Boxing, the video game. Um, he was the stunt coordinator for... So he's basically like... He's like the OG Andy Circus. Oh, yeah. Stunt coordinator for Corky Romano and Spy Game. 
So fuck you, Andy Serkis. Yeah, this guy's got it. He yeah, knows what he's doing. He was the guy. He was the genius behind all the stunts in Mama's Boy. I mean, so to be honest, that uh, was Mama's Boy directed by Michael Bay. Because it was, it fucking looked like it with it, all those explosions <laughs> and stunts. I mean, I mean fuck. it's it's pretty great. And now we're making fun of he's in a whole bunch. You can look up his stunt list, but uh, but we're here to talk about kind a, of about uh, his Atomic movie Bond. Atomic Bond. Now we haven't seen this movie, but yeah. we're we're about to review it. Have not seen it, but I fucking loved it. You know. I I was blown away. I love when an action movie, almost all action movies, start with sort of a set piece opener right. of our character being badass. Right. And this movie is no different. I mean, like, could you believe the nine minute car motor- motorcycle speedboat chase that the movie starts off with? I couldn't. Also, weird that, and I and I'm honestly kind of shocked that they were able to do this. The fact that the entire movie is actually a musical set to all Queen sound, yeah, all Queen songs, fucking it, brave. It was it was really brave. You know they had that they had that trailer that was the stairwell fight set yeah. to Killer Queen. Yeah, I just figured it was the trailer, but when no. we got to the stairwell fight, no, it was Killer Queen in its entirety. Yeah, but what's what's also weird is the fact that they so that whole opening car chasing that you're talking about. Was bicycle, so it's just I want to ride my bicycle, I, and I was like, "Wow, this is weird" because it actually had nothing to do with what was happening, but yes. a very curious choice. Oddly enough, no Bohemian Rhapsody, no, not well, and all of them were new Queen versions sung by Adam Lambert, so that was a weird choice that as well. Weird. That was a, that was an odd choice. I'm wondering if the, you do, do you think they had problems securing the rights? Probably Mercury's hard to get a hold of these days, so they were just like, "Fuck it, we'll go with Lambert." <laughs> yeah. He's he's in. He's it. on tour with them right now, anyway. So it, we'll just take some recordings fine. and we'll put it in this movie. Um, so again, haven't seen this movie, but I will say that the opening credits might be the coolest opening credits I've seen in a long time, at least since uh, Thirteen Ghosts. Oh, easily, but easily, easily, easily. Um, so, do you remember when we weren't sitting in the theater earlier tonight? And we were not surrounded by all those people. And as soon as the credits started happening and everybody wasn't gasping because we weren't there, um, that I literally I had one of the happiest moments just not looking over at you um, and just not vibing with you at all on what we were watching because we just weren't seeing it. I, I actually re- I remember that because I was there not eating popcorn and uh, and this movie kind of started. And and we weren't in the room. Yeah. And then everyone was enjoying it. And we got to sit outside and say, okay, well, we know this movie is about Charlize Theron right. being John Wick. I know that it's based off of the the comic book, The Coldest City. Yes. Yes, it was, which I have not read nor ever heard of. <laughs> you haven't? No. Well, uh, should we do a, oops, we missed the comic book <laughs> review of that as well? Well, I, I don't we're know. At it. The Coldest City is really inspiring when it talks about that snowstorm yeah. that hits that city. I'm going to be honest, though. I was shocked at how 100% true to the comic book they held in this movie. I mean, almost slavishly so, like Watchmen style. Like yeah. just scene for scene, possibly lifted out of the comic book. <laughs> Which is actually very, very interesting because having seen neither of those or read the the comic, I was amazed by how close it was. You know, I really think that David Leach must be a comic book fan. I mean, clearly he knew the source material. He knew he had a vision 
of how to bring that to the page. And basically, that was based off of watching his previous film, John Wick. Right. Well, and, I mean, we know he's a comic book fan because he was in Fight Club, which has a comic book adaptation. He was a stunt coordinator (laughs) for V for for Vendetta. Which was a comic book adaptation. And he was a stunt coordinator for 300. Oh, he was also in uh, X-Men Wolverine Origins. So clearly he has a, a good pedigree. Of this guy knows. And you can tell because a lot of the scene transitions are done in comic book style, almost like Max Payne. It was a weird, a weird choice, yeah. but you know what? It worked. It, it totally worked. Um, you know, I thought that the Atomic Blonde title was, was appropriate because not only was she blonde, um, it turns out, you know, spoiler, spoiler alert, alert, possibly not really, um, because we didn't see this, but when she turns out to be like oh. a robot at the end, yeah, and she and has it, an atomic core, it's, it's sort of like Iron Man reversed, but that sort of blew my mind because I wasn't expecting that. But then it literally blew her mind when her head exploded. <laughs> Do you remember that? That's right. Well, Do and, you remember the, when that didn't happen? What's What's funny about that is that happens a good 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. It's sort of like Brian Cranston and you're just in like, Godzilla. And you're like, I thought this movie was about Charlie's Theron. No, 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 no. Ass. No, it's James, a, James McAvoy. Honestly, I was going to say I was shocked that it became a Goodman vehicle the whole way. <laughs> no, it totally is. I mean, the the biggest change that I think they made to the Coldest City comic yeah. is that they made it a James McAvoy, John Goodman buddy, buddy cop. Buddy comedy? But, yeah, buddy cop movie. <laughs> yeah. So that stairwell scene, all of that, first 20 minutes. The whole, everything you see from the trailer with Charlize Theron, like, making out with the French operative. Right. Going all lesbo. Um, yeah, all that. Uh, her wrecking the car and then James McAvoy introducing himself and saying, like, welcome to Berlin yeah. and shit. All in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, because they the actually rest, cut that entire trailer out of pretty much just the first 20 minutes of the movie. Kind of like they did with Baby Driver, where all the great car chase stuff is pretty much that fro- o- opening scene. I don't know that you can say that. I haven't seen that movie either. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have, though, so that's not going to work this go-around. Uh, damn it. Uh, damn it. That's a great movie, but this is also a great movie, maybe. Yeah, um, I mean, like, again, we haven't seen it, but when she goes to Berlin during the Cold War, yeah. which, which does happen, because basically she's looking for a list of undercover operatives and their locations. Correct. So she's trying to get there before Tom Cruise gets there, which became a really interesting, like, connection with this is sort of a backdoor prequel to mission impossible right and what was also interesting did you notice the fact that set although set in the 80s during the height of the cold war the entire scenery and setup and technology used current oh yeah 100 so they basically made a period non-period piece which i thought was a a bold choice it was um they were just like pulling out iphone eights which haven't even come out yet but they were like, oh, but hey, it's the 80s. It's MI6. Right. Like, and you're just like, oh, shit. Like, they've got this stuff. They've had, so turns out, iPhone 8's been around yeah. since the 80s. MI6, MI, I almost said MI6. MI6 has had Snapchat. You were thinking of Wolverine? Yeah. MI6. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've had Snapchat filters since the 80s. Yeah. It's just now rolling out to the populace because right. uh, up until now, it was deemed too dangerous. Right. Which brings us back into the the whole, and I thought it was it was perfect because it's very on the nose because the whole conceit of the movie is she's finding a list of people who are harboring these future technologies, right? And that's what they're going after. It sort of turns into uh, the fourth Die Hard, 
right. with Justin Long, where oh, it's yeah. like a te- technological revolution, right. is they're going after people who are planning that. It's sort of the Cold War version of the dark net. Right. And all those like weird celebrity cameos, like uh, Hologram Steve Jobs... I couldn't believe that I couldn't believe that Tommy Wiseau made an appearance. Oh, but how fun! How clever was it, right? When he showed up for his one line, and he was like, "Oh hi, Charlize." Yeah, and then just left, which was even weirder because that's not yeah. her name. No, it's not. <laughs> it's her actress name. Her name in the movie is Blonde. So uh, first name Atomic. But I mean, do you put it past Tommy Wiseau to to really get no, that right? No. I bet. Do he you had think a different that line. that was a one take? I bet he had a different line, and that's the only thing he could remember to say. I, personally, I think um, so. you know, I thought that the uh, the uh, uh, Stan Lee cameo was sort of out of left field, it considering it's not related to a Marvel property at all. But is it? It might be. Is it shared MCU universe? It might be. I think it is because I mean, there was that one scene that had Colossal Colossus. That's right, because Colossus in his metal form was started Well, to, he's in Russia. Right, yeah. And he was the French operative in disguise. Right. So it turns out he's also the one that showed Atomic that she was a robot. She didn't know. No. That's like the whole like first 20-minute arc <laughs> is that she has no idea she's a robot. She thinks she's a real person, kind right. of like Harrison Ford in Blade Runner. Right, yes. But, Spoiler alert. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> Um, that movie is ambiguous, so shut the fuck up. Uh, you don't know that that happened, just like you don't know that this happened in this movie because we haven't seen it. Total but, Recall, right? Exactly. <laughs> We're just gonna start naming <laughs> Philip K. Dick like stories. Yeah. Paycheck, starring Ben Affleck. Um, the Sheep movie. <laughs> what? There's that Vietnam Sheep movie. I didn't he write the book. I have That's, no I idea don't know. what you're talking about. Do sheep sleep? I forget. Uh, do electric sheep? No. Dr- do do androids dream, dream of electric? That's what Blade no, Runner's. No, based no, I know, on. but there's another movie that's about um, in the Vietnam War, the American soldiers training goats, uh, men who stare at goats. Oh, did he I do th- that? Was I that a Philip K. Dick? Maybe. Though? I don't think so. Probably, it's as accurate as our movie review. To for be his fair, movie. I think John Goodman was in that. I do. And that ties it back to this movie. It does. And Philip K. Dick wrote Atomic Blonde. Yes, most he did. definitely. Maybe. Probably he kind of he wrote the comic book Coldest City, which I haven't read or you haven't read. Right, and um, you know, and but when he wrote Atomic, the Atomic Blonde, Coldest City, he was going by Anthony Johnston, right. so, who was a different guy, which was really interesting. So you know how in in a in these current movie times we are packed with like shared universe stuff. So we've got like the Lego Movie, which incorporates like all these different universes, and we've got the upclum- upcoming upcoming upclumping. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Uh, uh, professor three right correct up clumping <laughs> yes we've also got ready player one that's right. coming out so i thought it was really interesting i mean you've already said that this was a backdoor uh mm. movie or sequel to backdoor prequel to mission impossible right um but i also thought it was interesting clearly colossus is in this so this is in the shared x-men universe right. at the very least at the very Easy, least. easily then you've got james mcavoy who through this entire movie splits accents doing different accents not just accents characters right because what you find out is that he's one of the undercover operatives that she's trying to protect with this list so when you know in the trailers when she meets him and he's talking like heavy scottish that's just one of his personas and so by the by the end of the movie especially when he's with john goodman he's going through seven or eight right and you realize backdoor sequel to split Prequel, you mean? Which is a back... No, this is a sequel. Oh. This is what happens after the end of Split. Oh. 
he goes off. Oh, I right. Get, I he goes you. off and he ends up in Russia, and this is he time travels back to right. the eighties gotcha. for gotcha. the Cold War. But it's not really the eighties because they have future tech. Because right. that's why he's on the list. Is because he had his hands on a time machine. Right. And so now Atomics got a bird blonde has got to find him. Right. <laughs> okay. Sure. So <laughs> once again, also still a sequel to Unbreakable. Right. So. Fuck you, M. Night Shyamalan. You fucking did it again, we you made magnificent a sh- bastard. We made a Shyamalan universe. Yeah, connected. It's, Just, it's, it's fucking crazy. It's pretty great. And, it's and, crazy. And That's why I'm so shocked at this movie that, yeah. I, that we didn't see. Because it's just like, holy fuck. This is maybe the greatest. Like, this movie ties together all of the shared universe. This movie is integral well, to all of the shared this universes. movie is a shared movie universe of all the shared movie universe right. movies. And especially when Haley Joel Osment showed up thinking he was the atomic blonde because he's blonde and has exploded since six right. cents. Um, <laughs> but instead, it just connected it to the Viewisk universe. Right. Because then Kevin Smith popped out and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Haley Joel, come back. We need you in another well, I think one of you, my movies. I think what you meant when he said popped out, he pulled off the Haley Joel Osment mask he was and wearing. It was. Just like Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. Which, again, since this is a backdoor Heavy prequel. Heavy influences. Yes. Heavily influenced by Mission Impossible. Um, really, really well done, though. Now, uh, what I will say, fight choreography you know, David Leach being a stunt coordinator, then to director, the stunts in this movie are pretty awesome. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you said awful. No, awesome. Like they were very, that's probably the e- easily the best part of this movie. Just kind of, just like, you know, the best parts of John wick are the fight scenes. You mean the movie that we didn't see, right? Yes. Yeah. Now keeping in mind, we haven't seen this. Those stunts are amazing. Yeah. No, 100% amazing. Um, but I will say I thought it was very weird that when they would go to the big like action heavy scenes that the entire thing would go 2D animation. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Um, John Pixel, I mean John Goodman in eight in eight bit Pixel looked pretty good though. He's lost a lot of weight. He really it really thinned him out. Yeah. And so then when they did that, and then you realize when John C. Riley's character Wreck It Ralph appears. And you realize that this is shared movie universe with Wreck-It Ralph, which is setting up Ralph Wrecks the Internet, which right. is the sequel. Which is going to be great. And it's all part and parcel because Wreck-It Ralph's on Atomic Blonde's list. Right. Now, the scene that we have to talk about is the nightclub scene. Yeah. You know which one I'm talking about, Oh, right? fuck yeah, I do. So, I mean, guys, listen. You know, we haven't seen this movie, but there's a nightclub scene. That's just going to blow your mind. So keep an eye out when you go see it. And you definitely should see this movie that we have not seen. Um, keep an eye out for the nightclub scene. Because as soon as she walks in, you know shit's about to go down. <laughs> just just in general? I don't remember that part. I think that must have been when you didn't step out to not go to the bathroom. Damn it! Yeah. You missed like an integral part of the story. Well, that's when you realize... That Charlie's there, and again, this is all in the first 20 minutes. Um, this is when you realize... We haven't even gotten to the second half of the movie yet. <laughs> right. We, we don't Other even... than the spoiler, I mean, yeah, the spoiler that we gave of of it being a, a backdoor split sequel. Right. Well, James yeah, we, we did get... How do you say his name? McAvoy? Is it McAvoy or McAvoy? is it McAvoy? I think it's McAvoy. Because McAvoy sure... sounds stupid, right? I think it's always been McAvoy. Why have I always said McAvoy? I think that's really wrong. <laughs> So, does it make me sound pretentious? 
like like when I say Rafe Fines because his name is Ralph. I say Rafe Fines. Yeah, I but thought it is Rafe. It's spelled Ralph. No, it's not. It it is. Is it really? Yes. Oh no, I've been saying Rafe Fines for like yeah, my whole his life. His name is R A L P H. Oh well, damn. Rafe. Is and that actually well it makes sense because he was in Shindler's list. <laughs> Also, weirdly, kind of a prequel movie to this. <laughs> How in the world is that a prequel movie to this? <laughs> because Schindler had a list and so does Tommy Vaughn. Right. And she's going, that's the list. Okay. Now I remember. Now I remember. Where were you? Now, is this when you didn't, didn't step out of the movie okay. that we weren't in? So I know we haven't seen this, but when that list that she's going after of the undercover agents just turns out to be a photocopy of Schindler's list. Dude. I was in tears. Two words. Liam Neeson. Right. Who would have thought that he turned out to be the uncredited bad guy? Boy, does he have a special set of skills. Oh, yes. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and when him and John Goodman get in that epic fist fight at the end, and it's close, who? Oh, you Neeson's... mean, like, to the camera? Yeah. Or do you mean, like, it's a close match? Like, no, it's a close, gonna like, who's going to win? And then when Goodman pulls it out at the end, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> his and I mean, his dick. <laughs> So you're just like, holy shit. It caught me off guard, honestly. Full frontal John Goodman nudity for five solid minutes. Well, that's why this movie is rated R, is yeah. it's not for violence. There's actually no violence in the whole movie. No. It's just John Goodman's well, dick. Well, because we've talked all the action scenes. It's all 2D animation. Right. So, <laughs> so it's just. A, the MPAA goes a, real easy on A close-up shot violence. of John Goodman's dick for the last seven minutes of the movie. Yeah. It keeps getting longer, <laughs> just like John Goodman's penis, because I was shocked. I was just like, wow, but pretty tasteful. <laughs> it's definitely, definitely brown bunny tasteful. Like I was at first, it was kind of like kind of put me off of the movie because I was just like, wow, this seems unnecessary, unnecessary. But then honestly, I saw it as they were speaking out against the over sexualization of women in film. Right. Um, and they were like, just because Charlize Theron had lesbian sex at the beginning of this movie. Right. And we put it in the trailer. Um, <laughs> we need something for the ladies. Right. And we're not going to. This is going to be a surprise. We're not going to advertise this. No. I thought it was a bold choice for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, but I can't say I was disappointed. You know, what's weird, though. So unlike you've seen Popstar never. Oh, stop. Of course. OK. And so you remember Flaccid Dick, like in the window that he's autographing. I thought it was an interesting choice. That they went for <laughs> fully erect Goodman. Yeah, I. So it was well, just it, Goodman it, maintaining an erection. Well, the thing is, for the, seven minutes, the climax of the film of, of him fucking Liam Neeson to death wouldn't have worked without that erect penis With, or his climax <laughs> or the climb. It's the climax of the film. Right. And so, you know, that's just something you don't really see in movies nowadays. And so I was really excited that we that we got to witness that with a lot of other people, um, you know, because, again, haven't seen this movie, but we, we can only assume that the last seven minutes of it are John Goodman's erect penis. I mean, based solely off of the trailers. Right. All of the press material for the movie, all of the IMDb postings and wiki postings. 
I mean, aggregating all of that information together, it really is the only logical conclusion that you can come to. I, I agree. Mean, you and I, we've seen a lot of movies. We have. So, I mean, we can pretty much, you know how you kind of get to that point where you can just like, as soon as the movie starts, you're like, oh, this is going to happen. I know where this is going to go. As soon as this movie didn't start that we weren't watching, I was like, mm, we're probably going to see John Goodman's penis. probably not going to see John Goodman's penis. For, well, I will say, I will admit this because I don't want to toot my own horn when it's not needed or appropriate. I didn't realize it was going to be erect. I thought it was going to be flaccid Goodman penis. Like we're all used to. Right. Seven minutes. Turns out erect. So they got me there. Yeah. They like, they really just, just hammered it to me. Now, now people on Twitter hold back on your tweets because we actually looked into this and it's his real penis. Yeah. It's not no CG. No, this Um, wasn't a Mark Wahlberg boogie night situation. No, it wasn't. No stunt cocks. (laughs) Although, David Leach, professional stunt cock from Orgasmo. <laughs> he was. It's actually on it. His headshots is little head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Little, yeah. little tiny headshots. <laughs> little tiny. It's like, um, which is also a backdoor sequel to that Steve Harvey show. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, little oh, big little, shots. Little headshots. <laughs> tiny headshots. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the <laughs> it's the one that he does with old people, and it's just an hour of them showing their dicks to the camera. <laughs> That's it. You've seen it. We've seen it. Yeah. We saw a screener of that too. I did. <laughs> there was a screener that we missed <laughs> of little big shots yeah. where it's well, little big shots all grown up, where it's just their penises <laughs> for an hour. Um. So yeah. So, but I was also shocked by the emotional weight that the movie carried. I thought. Um, James McAvoy and John Goodman, um, the fact that they were both not in any scenes together, but just digitally in both. I thought that was interesting. Well, turns out. They hate each other. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like a, an Al Pacino, Robert De Niro heat situation. They fucking hate each other in real They life. couldn't stay. Well, and, or, you know, Bill Murray and Chevy Chase from Caddyshack. Right. Like, those stars couldn't stand each other so in all the scenes and then the movies like an an hour of the movie is just them riding around in a car together um sort of like that eugene levy samuel L. jackson movie although um, they kind the of man they kind of filmed it like the season four of arrested development where it's just a lot of over the shoulder shots right. of like people that may be the back of james mcavoy's head right or the back of or john goodman's shoulder but it wasn't actually them. They were just stand-ins. No, it's and so when the scenes shift from the passenger seat right. to the driver's seat, that's actually them. But everything else are just establishing shots using extras. Turns out with ADR this, over it. This movie took ten years to shoot. Well, it's it's actually years. kind of like um, Boyhood. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they got together with John Goodman and James McAvoy, Richard Linklater, <laughs> second AD director on this. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, second unit production director. Yes. Oh, I just got really dizzy about how much of this movie I loved that I didn't see. Yeah. Isn't oh. it aren't aren't you just upset that we missed the, or almost missed the screener that we saw? I 
I'm I'm devastated. In Aren't a way. you so ha- excited that Universal will continue to send us screening passes well, because we we are providing, are them, providing the them with the review that of we promised. And I already said at the top of the podcast that I love this movie. No, and I agree. I think you know all the flaws that we've pointed out with it. Um, you know, obviously Toby Jones is acting, blah, of right. course. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I like Toby Jones, but you know. Uh, because we're putting this review out as planned and as promised, um, I'm, I'm very excited about, about, you know, kind of what, what lies in the future. There was talk. I don't know. Did I tell you that when I told, when I emailed universal back, um, they were asking if we would be willing to provide quotes for the movie poster. Oh, of course. But I gave them, I gave them the one that we decided on. Oh, which one did you give them? That it's the best movie that we've never seen. (laughs) Yes. Okay, good. And I hope they use it. It just says high five on the podcast on the, the on the movie poster? Best movie we've never seen. And, and I would agree. Now, if you had to give it uh, out of five hands, yeah, like where would you rank this? I would give it like mm, three and a half hypothetical hands. Yeah, I would say this is a solid three. Three-hander for me. Um, three three slappies. Is um, that what we're calling it? I don't know. That's, That's what, what we can call stick it. with? Sure. Three I mean, slappies? We, oh, we could change you. What do you think would be better? Handies? Um... Can I think we, that means something else. Can we call it the stranger? Yeah. Okay. Because it's that's like when you sit on your hand and it goes numb and then you use it to jerk off. Oh, that's how that's done? Yeah. Oh, I've been doing that wrong it, all these years. And you can't feel it because it's like you weren't there. Just like we weren't there at this okay. movie. So I've been doing that wrong. I sit on my hand until it goes numb and then I jerk off a stranger. Is that <laughs> not... No. Oh, I just thought you sat on your hand so you couldn't feel it. No. Oh. No. That's hands for the homeless. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was hands across America, what? but handies across America. Handies across America. Yeah. Um. All right. Enough jerking off talk. Well, yeah. Let's get to the real meat and potatoes <laughs> of this movie. Of this movie, which is really what's the message you I, think that he was trying to convey? I think, and if I really take the subtle themes of this movie that we didn't see and, and I analyze them, I really think the theme of this movie is. Forgiveness. You have to accept your childhood for what it was. And so you forgiveness. Can make, you can make your life what you want it to be. Right. Even if that's an atomic robot dressed as a blonde that that's fighting in a stairwell to queen music. Let's be honest. Is this even is this movie even about her? It's really it's it's more about us. It's, it's just, more about like us as a society. Right. And where we are with our obsession with technological devices right. and, and just online communities. This is really a call to action, sort of like train spotting to choose life. Right. To get out there, to do heroin. Right. To, I don't Yeah. <laughs> no, 100% accurate. Absolutely. I, so that's, Give that's hand jobs what, to strangers. That's what I got from the movie. What did you get from the movie? Um, me, personally, I mean, if I really boil it down, I would say that honestly – um, I learned that I'm really into John Goodman's dick. <laughs> I don't think anyone can walk away from this movie and not just be in love with that actor and his member. Yeah, 100%. So, um, but beyond that, I would say um, the number one thing that I learned from this movie, um, don't miss screeners. No, for sure, because you're still obliged to give a review. Yeah. And somehow you end up talking about John Goodman's dick for a long time. Right. To people happens who, every who, single time. Who desperately don't want to hear us talk about John Goodman's dick. No. No. So, 
Uh, with that, I think that pretty much yeah. concludes our review of all in all. Atomic I would say Blonde. definitely don't follow our lead and see this movie. Yeah, no, go see it. We will probably see it for real. Yeah. Um, but just to clarify, we have not seen it yet. No. So everything you've just heard is, is spot on speculation. Absolutely, it is one hundred percent possible fact. So go see it. We're gonna go see it. We're not gonna re-review it though, because no. our our we're gonna stand. We're real journalists, and what we what we commit to audio is it's, it's forever. Law. That yeah, is it's, what, and it's right. And the thing is, we're gonna be vindicated. And when we see this movie, I know everything that we've discussed no, is gonna be in there. Like we said, I mean, we've gotten to this point. Where we've seen so many movies, just in day in and day out. It it's like it's a given. Yeah, at this point, we know what it's about. So you should see the movie. If you have seen the movie, leave your thoughts in the comments below. Tell us what we got right, uh, which is everything. Um, yeah. But if not, you'll go see it because you'll probably see us at the theater. Absolutely. Uh, and we once again want to thank Universal for sending passes to us. Any other film uh, production company or studio that wants us to go see their movies um, or not see their yeah. movies, send us passes. And we will do our best to make it, but we will not guarantee it. But we, we will guarantee you is a rock-solid review, just whether like we see one. it or not. <laughs> just like this From one. High Five the Podcast. So uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed our very first Oops, We Missed the Screener review for Atomic Blonde. Yes. Um, the consensus is definitely go see this movie. If you want to. Yeah, yeah or, or don't, you know. But do. But do, because it's probably pretty yeah. good. Or don't, but do. But do, though. Yeah. Totally definitely do. do. So how can they reach out to us? Uh, well, if they want to if they want to reach out to us, uh, obviously, you know, everyone's connected to our Twitter already. But yep. that's at high and then the number five, the podcast. Yep. Um, Facebook is high five, the podcast all spelled out. Yes. And then uh, where else can they find us? They can find us on Instagram. At high five, the podcast, all letteros, no numeros. They can also find us on a uh, letterbox. Yes. Uh, we actually just added a couple new reviews up there. We keep Not our, this one. No. Uh, this we, one is audio only. We keep our list pretty up to date on that one for movies that we actually really, honest to goodness, see. Um, but Letterboxd is, is a great community, so definitely check that out and support it if you love movies. And how do you spell that? Because it's weird. It's L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D dot com. Yep, 100%. So check us out. Stay tuned for uh, more future possible reviews of stuff. And, and uh, uh, in the meantime, have a great week. High fivers. Yeah. Bye. Bye.